What is going on, guys? Welcome to Creeps in the Crypt. As always, I am Eric, and I'm joined by... Christian. And Sam. So, we have no new reviews this week on Apple Podcast, but if you guys want to shout out at the start of the show, leave us a review. Uh, It really helps us out, and we love you for it, and we'll shout you out. I'm disappointed in all of you. (laughs) Just saying. Come on. Major get, disappointment. Get with them reviews. Yeah. And make sure you download the episodes. I love how Sam last, but she's disappointed as well. I love so. doing shout outs at the start of the episode. Yeah, too. me too. So if happy. you would like to hear your name or whatever name that you come up with to leave the review, because I know it doesn't, you don't have to leave like a specific name. We will no. shout you out. You can have a funny name. You can do whatever. But, uh. Please make sure you're downloading the episodes. That's what lets us know that you like the content. So we do future content of the similar vein if you do like the episode. And plus, mm-hmm. every time that our episodes don't do well, I have an urge to go to the Goodwill and go find something. And I need you guys to stop me. S- save me. <laughs> save me from that. If I walk into this damn house and there's a clown doll sitting somewhere, <laughs> I'm walking the fuck back out. No, me and you both. <laughs> Not today, Satan. I'll go, I'll go live with my mom. It wasn't even going to be a clown. It just, whatever speaks to me, I'll mm. pick that. The most haunted thing you can find. No, it wouldn't even be the most haunted thing I could find. I would just find something, and you're like, that's haunted. I'm like, look at it. It's adorable. It's macabre and cute, and it's missing half of its face. Mm. I'm walking out. <laughs> I'm, I won't even get, I won't even get in the door. Eric's just going to be there. No, 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 don't come in. <laughs> yeah, I probably won't be here. Um, I'll be doing the podcast from Zoom. <laughs> from beyond the grave. Beyond the veil of the interwebs. Yeah. I don't know if Zoom reaches that far, but, you know, I'm sure they would love to have their own reach beyond the grave. Like platform. Was that a short joke? No, Zoom. Oh, I thought something about Sam couldn't reach that far, and I was like, bitch. No, wait, bitch. I probably can't, but that's his point. <laughs> Ram. Catfight at the crypt. <laughs> so we have a special. Ooh, kitty cat claws. Mm-hmm. We have I'm a special fun episode for you this week. Last it's my birthday week, one. Yes. So I picked the Highgate Vampire uh, for my birthday episode, and Sam picked. A special story in my heart, and I was so elated that she picked it. Uh, we're not even doing the whole shebang. No, we're we're focusing on one story because you you, you didn't even know about the other one. No, the one I wanted, the one not the one I wanted, but like I didn't really know about this part. Like I kind of did, but like not all of it. Mm. But the one that I told you about. I know. When you texted that, I read it to Eric like out loud. And he looked at me like I was crazy. And I was like, no, that's that's literally what Sam just texted in the group chat. And he was like, no, that's not the one I'm talking about. What is she talking about? I was like, I don't know. Yeah, so we'll have to do that on a future episode. That was yeah. really cool. Add it to the roster. But uh, it could be a fun part two. The future part two to this. But uh, we're going down to the Big Easy. Going down to the Big Easy. Now, uh, Sam, without Please. further ado, let's get into this. Oh, you were going to say something, Christian? No, I was just saying that we do love the Big Easy. Oh, it's it's my favorite city, as we know from uh, 
the Axeman episode of New Orleans. I I gush over that city anytime I can talk about it. I'm always excited to talk about New Orleans because it gives me a chance to use my French that I've studied since I was 13 years old. Thank God, because I would butcher half these pronunciations. <laughs> and I've never been to France. Mm. So we would like to sponsor an American who loves French culture. Yeah, you would have to translate for me. I would love I, that. I know croissant and omelette du fromage, and that's about it. I, I only know that because of Dexter's Laboratory. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. You didn't know bonjour? I know that, yeah. Yeah. I speak. Is by the same thing as it is in Italian? Ciao? No. What is by in, in French? You can, there's, like, different ways you can do it. Like okay, the, like, what's the less formal version that they would use, like, with a French? You can do a tutelo, which is basically, like, see you later. Like, toodaloo. That's what it sounds like. Pretty much, yeah. It sounds like toodaloo. Toodaloo. It's basically like, see you later. Mm. Okay. Well, there you go. Mm-hmm. There's your French lesson. That'll be... You're welcome. That'll be... That was free from the... <laughs> you would like to join Sam's. <laughs> <coughs> I would have to take like a babble course or something mm-hmm. to fresh, like to refresh my memory. But I can go shopping in French. There you so go. So, I mean, that's really... And I can order food. Well, that's really all you need. To that, that's to all do. you need. And I know right and left. So, like, I I think I got it. I think you got it. I think I got it. Only one way to find out. <laughs> so, New Orleans is a city rich in the macabre. That's an understatement. Uh, yes. You cannot go far into the French Quarter without passing a site infamous for its ghost and or vampire lore. Or murders. That, too. I believe it's, like, some crazy number in the French Quarter. Like, every building in the French Quarter has had at least seven murders in it. Isn't it the same as, like, deaths. Savannah, too? Yeah, Savannah's the same thing. It's, I love Savannah's, like, built on top of a fucking cemetery, though. Well, there are underground graves in New Orleans, too. There are. We okay. ain't seen it, but we were there. <laughs> we ain't seen it. I really want to do the catacombs no. in France. Oh, my God. Mm. If there were ever a source for American vampire stories, Norlands would most assuredly be that source. This week's tale is a vampire tale that stands above the rest in Norlands. We are talking about the old Ursuline Convent's Casket Girls, which I didn't really know that they had a name. So, like, I knew there was like a story about the old Ursuline Convent. Yeah. I w- I've been on a couple ghost tours and vampire tours when I go there. And this is my favorite location. And my first trip I ever went there, I actually stayed literally a, a block away from it um, at the Chateau. Badass. It was fucking cool. It was really cool. I was tempted to go hang out there all night and see if, well, we'll get to that part later. But uh, <laughs> I don't want to spoil anything. But yeah, it's it's a really awesome place. Uh, they do not like you to ask about this story, though. I wonder why. Uh, we'll talk about it later. Okay. The old Ursuline Convent, located a ways down on Chartres Street. Chartres. Whatever. Anyway. I'm not really... I'm not Char- confident on how to say that. <laughs> 
This three-story colonial masterpiece sits behind a high wall accompanied by an old Gothic iron gates and a lush courtyard. During the day, one can marvel at the beauty of the architecture and the landscape. It's actually quite pleasant. I mean, I've seen pictures. That's about it's, as close it's as I've It's a I've very gotten. beautiful building. It's, it, I love architecture. It stands out in New Orleans. Yeah. It really does. I think it's beautiful. But this place holds some of the most gruesome history around. Some of that history includes accounts of the first vampires to hit the new world. Now, we kicked off our Vamptober with talking about the vampire capital of the United States being New England. Mm -hmm. But I would honestly say the vampire capital is New Orleans. Oh, I believe it. Well... The Vampire Diaries world, like originals, legacies. Never seen any of those. I know. Anyway. Sam just rolled her eyes so so fucking hard at me. So much judgment just passed through. And then there's True Blood. Yep. Which that doesn't really technically take place in New Orleans. It's in Bon Temps, but in like Shreveport, which is up in North Louisiana. I believe so. Something like that. Um, but I mean, yeah, I would have to agree that I don't really think of New England. I don't really think of vampires. I think of witches. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I th- when I think vampires, I think New Orleans. So the casket girls aren't the only legends tied to the old Ursuline convent. Ghost hunters report that the apparitions of the nuns in their dark habits can be seen navigating in the original 18th century staircase between the first and second floors in the main foyer or moving around in the lower rooms, tending to the spirits of the sick and dying. But these ghosts haven't found the fame of the casket girls who have been immortalized in musicals, fiction, and even a modern gothic vampire ballet staged a few years back in Indiana. I would have... Killed to see that, honestly. Uh, that sounds beautiful. Probably would have been badass. That sounds beautiful. Who are the casket girls? I personally had, like, when I, I'd heard the old Ursuline convent, but, and I'd heard everything else but about these casket girls. So I this didn't is know the that, story that attracted me to that spot. Um, I don't remember. It might have been you that told me about the Ursuline convent. Uh, yeah, I, I mentioned it. Early on, when we were discussing what episodes we were doing this season, um, I talked about before. It might have, yeah, it probably was like way back in the day when we were just hanging out and. Yeah, stuff. I'm. I don't know. I don't remember, but I remember hearing about the third floor part. Yeah. And all that, and I was like, oh shit, but not about the casket girl. So like, I kind of knew about it, but I was like, oh. I don't know that part. So, first, I am going to give a brief little history lesson before we get into the nitty-gritty. During the 18th century, the centuries always fuck me up. Because, like, 18th century means, like, the 1700s. And it always messes with my brain. These girls were sent across the Atlantic Ocean from France to colonial America, which was Louisiana, which at the time I believe was Louisiana, Mississippi, and Alabama. 
all of they were together. The uh, French territory spanned all the way. I mean, it was basically, dare I say, almost two thirds of the United States. Yeah, but it wasn't. They weren't like the separate states yet. No, 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 they were. They were just all. It was just territory. Yeah, it was thirteen colonies, and then they bought Louisiana as part of their purchase. Yes, but. Yes, I think it I think it spanned at least those three states. I don't know how far up it went, oh, but it I went know it went super far up. It went all the way up to Canada. That's true. Yeah. Let's go back. So these casket girls were placed with husbands and told to do the impossible, which is settle the land and tame these men. I guess they're still working on the taming part because they're still wild out here. Well the Original group of casket girls weren't aren't the ones that we're going to be talking about today, but we're we're painting the picture for you. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna all encompass. We're so we're gonna talk about the first ones, but the main ones are the the third wave. Yeah, and part of the, was it? I thought it was second and the third. No, no, just just the, just the third. Okay. Anyway, the casket girls didn't have it easy. They were taken mainly from orphanages, schools, convents, and even prisons and brothels sometimes. The casket girls are said to have helped shape the new French society in America. At the start of the 1700s, European colonization was in full swing. The monarchs sent over men to search for land, resources, and power. They set borders to solidify their land, but it quickly became clear that the colonies were a good old-fashioned sausage fest. So, yep. And when you have a bunch of dudes, it's just violence all the time. All the time. It's probably really stinky. Yeah, they didn't have a, they weren't known for hygiene back then. Mm -mm. Some men still aren't. Mm, No. So, I don't hang around those kind of people. No, me either. But like, I will be downwind from some, and it's not pleasant. Mm -mm. The governors of the region grew concerned that the Frenchmen who dealt in furs, like in the fur trade and all that, were becoming too friendly with the native tribes that inhabited the surrounding lands, and they were chasing after the women and losing their Christian faith. Their words, not mine, for the record. Louis Fourteenth and his colonial reps came up with this plan to, quote, save the soul of New France. And he wrote a letter to the colonists. It's rough English. I'm assuming it's, well, obviously it's translated, so it's, it's <laughs> rough. It's, it says, his majesty sends by that ship 20 girls to be married to the Canadians and others who've been begun habitations at Mobile Mobile, in order that this colony can firmly establish itself. Each of these girls was raised in virtue and piety and know how to work, which will render them useful in the colony by showing the Indian girls what they can do. For this, there being no point in sending other than virtue known and without reproach. So the first group of girls were all upstanding French citizens. Yes. They were women of class. Yes. And something tells me that just didn't go well. How did you know? Well, you know, (laughs) I I took the tour. 
The first round of casket girls who were handpicked by the Bishop of Quebec based on their age and background arrived in the Mobile Outpost of Louisiana on the ship Le Pelican in 1704. The casket girls gained a new nickname, at least these did, uh, from the ship that they had come over on, the Pelican Girls. From, I mean, like, they're, the Pelican Girls and the Casket Girls are of the same category. They're just, like, a subcategory of the Casket Girls. Yeah, and these girls weren't dropped off in New Orleans because New Orleans at the time hadn't been established yet. Yeah, That's casket, something too important. Like, that's yes. very important to know. That the ones that get dropped off in New Orleans are the third round. Yes. Contrary to their rather morbid name, the Casket Girls' nickname has nothing to do with death. It was a reference to the trunks that the girls carried on their treks across the ocean that held all of their belongings. The first 23 girls who came across were supposed to lure the men away from the native women and expected to be married off to the colonists as soon as possible. They were supposed to have been able to choose their husbands, not them being assigned to a man, which is what ended up happening. The girls had quite the culture shock when they arrived, though. The lifestyle they were used to over in France was not the lifestyle they had over in the colonies. No, it was hard over here. Yeah, the houses had dirt floors. They had animal pelts stretched across the open windows as curtains. The men still enjoyed the company of the native women and neglected the pelican girls so much so that they were forced to survive on acorns. Unfortunately, their arranged marriages weren't all they cracked up to be. Shocker. Many of the pelican girls denied their, quote, husbands bed and board until they shaped up, which is good for them. Which means sex. Well, yes. But they were just like, don't come home until you're ready to be a fucking man. Which I resonate with that. And they made them cultivate gardens and built more acceptable homes for the Pelican girls. So. Yeah, because these were these were high class women. Yeah. That only knew the finer things in life. And they're dumped in this. Shithole. Fucking sh- shithole <laughs> across the, the ocean. Just say it. It's a shithole. It's a shithole. <laughs> One of the girls, Marie-Gabrielle Savary, held out to marry a man named Jean-Baptiste Saucier of Quebec, who was considered one of the best catches in the colony. Unfortunately, Jean-Baptiste died in 1716, and Marie-Gabrielle married two more times after his death, eventually making her way down to New Orleans, where she died in 1735 in her grave is below the streets of the city today. Where? I don't know. It didn't specify, but she's under there. Yeah. Somewhere. Somewhere. But not all of the Pelican girls had the same luck as Marie Gabrielle. A yellow fever outbreak swept through the settlement. The French government now needed another shipment of girls. Another ship was sent to Biloxi, which back then was the capital of what was Louisiana. And it, that was in 1719, and then to New Orleans a few years later. I think it was like 1728? Uh, I believe so. That's what it said. I meant to put that down, but I forgot. It's in there. France drew from the country's women's prisons, poorhouses, and orphanages to send 258 girls and women of dubious repute 
to New Orleans during the years 1719 to 1721. Yeah, they basically took anybody that they could get. Yeah. Like, it wasn't like we're sending our finest women. They they sent whoever would sign up. Yeah, that, that didn't work out so well because they made those men accountable. The next and I guess they, they didn't enjoy that. The arrivals were not well received and many refu- were refused marriage. During that time, more than half of the women who came to Louisiana were sex workers branded by the fleur-de-lis. Any girl that gets this tattoo, just so you know, it's a brand. Because I know lots of girls that are like, oh, it's so pretty. I used to like no, fleur-de-lis. No, don't do it. I Don't used to do like it, it to yourself. I mean, I wouldn't, but no, I like, I like even, it. I, it's whatever. It's pretty. It is pretty, but it's a fucking it's the brand. mark of the whore. It is the mark of the whore. <laughs> I didn't even know that till I read it. And I was like, oh shit. I used to like, I used to like that. No, I know lots of people that have them too. And it's they're pretty, not. It's pretty it, fucking funny. Like all these girls. And some of them are, are sex workers. If you want to take strippers into that account. All these girls with like. Uh, New Orleans Saints tattoos. It's just the. I know that's, that's what I was in my brain. I was like, oh my god, mm-hmm. my older sister loves New Orleans Saints. She's a Saints fan. She's not a whore. I promise. <laughs> it's the mark of the whore. It is. I'm, I can't say it with the enthusiasm that Eric does. I, I put the a German spin oh, on the yeah, mark yeah. of the whore. <laughs> King Louis the Fifteenth dispatched a group of nuns over to New Orleans to quote class up the failing colony by caring for the sick, providing an education to the daughters of the wealthy, educate the women of the colony, and evangelize the natives. Yeah, because he just sent like two hundred fifty hookers over. <laughs> so he's like, well, you know, twelve nuns might balance it out. How pious. I mean, I guess he got to do what he got to do. I don't know. I don't know what No, sir. It, it, that math don't add up. <laughs> that math ain't mathin'. That math ain't mathin'. So these women lived with the nuns until they were married off to a man from the colony. That sounds like a lot of fun. Super fun. Yeah. These 12 nuns arrived in July of 1727 after a long five-month voyage at oh, sea. Oh, they're such bitches when they get off that boat. I believe they ended up stopping in Haiti before going to the Gulf. Yep, that sounds about right. Once their feet hit solid ground, they began their work fulfilling their purpose. They got to work building their convent, which would eventually be four convents in total. The Nashville Avenue home that they currently reside in. The no longer there Ninth Ward. The old Ursuline convent that was finished in 1751. But there was the old, old Ursuline convent that was the nun's first home in New Orleans. And that was completed in 1734, which was... Less than 20 years after the city was founded. I believe it was a little over 10 years after the city was founded. Yeah. Unfortunately, the old, old Ursuline convent did not last long. Well, I want to say, now I might be wrong on this, but I want to say it maybe burned down. No. Okay. I'm thinking of something else. Um, 
It was the old, old Ursuline convent was partially designed by Ignace Francois Bruton, mm. the colony's engineer to the king. And it was a brick between posts style that was pretty common for that time. It was a three-story structure with low-pitched roof and a central belfry, which just means the bell is in the middle. I'm pretty sure. I could be wrong on that. No, that sounds right. I'm pretty sure. But the convent would soon fall victim to Ignace's preferred building method of leaving the bricks exposed and unprotected against the extreme humidity down that was is still down in the deep south. Just 11 years after the convent was completed, the building began to crumble to such an extent that Ignace himself decided to build a second convent that is now the old Ursuline convent. So she was built on top of the first one and built with stucco so that it would last. Obviously, because she's still standing today. But, you know, it didn't burn down. It survived a fire. Because I knew there was a huge fire in uh, New Orleans, um, but I couldn't remember if it burned down in that fire or not. So, the more you know. Yeah, no, it did have a it, there. There was a fire at some point, but it didn't completely like burn it down. I'm not sure if it was the old old one or the old one. That was. I'm pretty sure it was the old one, the newest old one. Gotcha. The convent still stands today. You can get married in it. You can stay in it now via VRBO. I'm pretty sure that's what I read. No shit. Uh, yeah, I was like, wait, what? So I could, I'm pretty sure it said the older Salon convent on VRBO. Huh. Because it had something about like AC and Wi-Fi and shit. And I was like, I like that. Gotta have those creature comforts. Christian's looking at you like she wants to go. Mm-hmm. Let's go. <laughs> Let's make friends. Let's make some new friends. Yeah. I, I, I don't, I don't think, think Eric you... likes those friends. He's not new to new friends. It's okay. I'll make him friends with him. I'm going to get fucking eaten by vampires. <laughs> and they're going to be my friends. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I don't they're... have a soul, so they can't take me. Yeah. I'm like a fucking buffet. I'd be way too into it to be like, oh, I'm, yeah, that's fine. <laughs> Same. Let's go. Turn me, though. Don't kill me. Nope. Make me one. Nope, if you don't turn works. me, I will come back. Literally, don't like, don't fuck with me, dude. If you kill me and don't turn me. Listen, I will find an Eric. What are you, like a fucking Obi-Wan? You're going to be a force ghost? No. You already said that I, shit out you of guys him. make every episode that Christian is some kind of something entity related to the episode. So I'm just, you know, filling in the spot. There you go. It's I'm totally a fang banger. I don't give a fuck. I know you are. Like, listen, just take me well, and make me a vampire. These are all women, so. I'll leave you alone. That's okay. I'm with that. Sam's not with it. No, I'm not really with that. But they can change me. I don't give a fuck. There you go. It depends. It depends. Is it going to be like, am I like sired to them? Like in Vampire yeah. Diaries? I'm not, yeah. I'm not, mm, I don't really like that. Yeah. yeah. Sam I just has like to be, be on my own. has to be the. You gotta, you gotta lick Vampire Box. Sam has to be the ultimate. I'm a lone wolf. She nope. has to be the supreme. Yeah. She's not the supreme. <gasps> oh, I will be the supreme. Nope. She's not the you gotta supreme. Lick, you gotta lick Krusty no, Vampire no, Box. No, I'm good on that. Mm, Krusty mm, French Vampire Box. I'm gonna pass. 
I don't want to be that kind of vampire. And they didn't shave either. Ew. It's just like a fucking pubic hair bush. It's like a weeping no willow. No landscaping. Jesus. <laughs> There's... I fucking can't. It's just that image in my head of just like... With the weed eater? Take a fucking hedge trimmer to it. I wonder if they did like the cute little bushes, like the hedges with it. Gross. <laughs> Somebody call uh, Edward Scissorhands. That hands. would be basically it. Have you ever seen it when it's like really grown out? You'd probably, like, probably make them into dreads. You would have crusty vampire dreads. Ew. Make like a maze. Like a hedge maze. Ew. That'd be cute. Like, yeah, see if you can find the center. <laughs> I'm gonna slap you. I just had a motive. I had to stop myself for a I second. I deserve that. I said weeping willow, so. Yeah. <laughs> Sam you missed that. that? Yes! I heard it. <laughs> yeah, I heard it. Unfortunately. I got my payback. Where are those little bugs that live in the weeping willows? <laughs> those are called crabs, and no. they're absolutely not. <laughs> no, they're actually really popular willow in New Orleans. Yeah. The Will-O-Wisp. I'm good on that. Oh, no. Sam says no. That's the only time I will deny. We have a name from here. We have a name from here, and you would recognize it. Chiggers. The little red bugs that bite the shit out of you. Okay. They live in the moss that are on the willows, and they... Or on the uh, Spanish moss. Yes. And they tell you not to touch it because they used to stuff beds with it until they figured out that it had bugs inside of it. And it was a whole big thing. I did not know that. But I wouldn't see those things passing up uh, a giant jungle safari in somebody's crotch. You have unlocked a new fear. All right. Well, let's quit talking about Vampire Bush and um, let's get back to these Ursuline vampires. The old Ursuline convent building has survived fires, nasty weather. It's been a school, the residence of a bishop. The Louisiana State House and a seminary, as well as the first home of the Casket Girls. In 1728, it's said to that a new group of 88 girls of a more acceptable quality began to arrive in New Orleans. As they stepped onto the shore in New Orleans, people were surprised at their pale, otherworldly complexions. Likely a consequence of being kept below decks out of the sun for the long voyage. Their name, Fia a la Cassette, was angelicized to the very creepy casket girls. So, Cassette is a, is what is like a, your luggage, essentially. Like a suitcase. Eventually got morphed into Casquette, which meant casket girls. Yeah. La fille, I actually a have casket. a picture of what one of those caskets looks like. Salem, come to join us. Yeah, better late than never. Yeah. He's okay. He has to, you know, supervise the episode. He heard laughing and he was like, you guys aren't staying on topic. I already know that. <laughs> and there's biscuits being made right now. He's got to keep everything on track. The legends say some of the girls were found to be so strange looking that they could not find husbands and the luckless lasses fell under the care and protection of the Ursuline nuns of New Orleans. The casket girls eventually found themselves living in the Ursuline convent on Chartres Street. 
It was here, legend says, that the Casca girls found a home in the third floor attic, their coffin-like wooden boxes containing their possessions stashed at the foot of their beds. The sisters of the Ursuline convent put the girls' caskets and trunks up on the third floor until the king's orders that the third floor remain untouched with the windows and doors sealed shut. Basically, the caskets were supposedly the dowry uh, for when the girls got married. Mm-hmm. So that that's why they couldn't the caskets couldn't be opened until the girls were all married off. The nuns sealed off the third floor, shuttering the windows, ostensibly to protect the virtue of the young women in their care. But then the hand mirrors the girls brought with them mysteriously vanished. Neighbors fell ill. Crops failed. Cats and dogs lived together. Whispers began that the vampire pale casket girls had brought an evil with them from the old country. The funniest part about that is the cats and dogs are living together. Mm-hmm. Like, well, yeah, because they're enemies. So it, in a way. it's just funny. To, like that that turn of phrase is funny as shit to me. It is. Like the crops are dying and the cats and dogs are living together. They're coexisting. Eventually, the nuns threw the casket girls out and closed up the third floor attic forever. But years later, a guy repairing the leaky roof found the empty caskets, and it all began to make sense. In an insane 18th century sort of way, the casket girls had smuggled in vampires from Eastern Europe, vampires who were now leaving blood-drained corpses all over the greater New Orleans metro area. Many believe the flying vampires wanted to return to their caskets on the convent's third floor, which is why the windows were permanently sealed. That so there's two lines of logic with this story. The one version they brought vampires with them. The other version they are the vampires. Mm-hmm. So depending on who's telling the story. The fear of what escaped those caskets brought the art archdiocese to the convent where they took all the caskets and locked them in the third floor storage area indefinitely. No one, and I mean no one, that isn't part of the tight-knit Vatican family is allowed inside the third floor of the convent to this day. Yeah, they take that shit real serious. That means there's something up there. Oh, they went to great lengths, as we will find out in a minute. Oh, yes. When I read, I was like, what the, bro, What? Rumor has it that they rigged the only stairway leading to the third floor with high-tech motion-sensitive equipment. I mean, like, a mouse could set this thing off. If it's set off, the police will respond to the convent with high priority and will be on the scene in five minutes or less. There is no going up there, ever. And when I took the tour, I asked him... um, so, what do you guys keep on the third floor? And the guy just rolled his eyes. He's like, that's where we keep our Christmas decorations. And I was just like, really, bro? You like, can't even, like, play along? No. Like, fuck you. He, like, he did not take that shit. Like, he was not appreciative of my comment during the tour. Of course not, because he probably gets it asked all the freaking time. Oh, 100%. Yeah, but you can't be a tour guide of the older Saline Convent and expect to not get that question to the people who know what it is. Yeah. 
normally it, it's a bunch of people that were on the vampire ghost tour the night before. <laughs> I mean, I get a lot of questions. It's not really the same, but like, who's that your natural hair color? Yes. Mm. Fuck you. Do yes. the carpet smash the drapes? <laughs> Fuck off, Eric. <coughs> but yeah. Choked on my How'd you keep your one? hair so red? The blood of my enemies. Mm. You want to be the next one? There you go. They're not very fond of that answer, but. No. <laughs> I wouldn't see why not. I like it. It makes me giggle. That's all that fucking matters. As if that measure wasn't quite severe enough, they went further with the containment and sealed off all the windows to the third floor with eight. Hundred screws per window. Mm. How do you fit eight? How big are these windows? They're pretty big. Mm. They're like, I mean, I mean, like, I feel like those. I would, you would struggle. No. To put eight hundred screws in there. Well, if they board them up too, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. It just seems like a lot. It's excessive. It it is more than excessive. Oh, it needs a new to, word. It's about to get even more excessive. I know. I was like, what in the world? And if you think that would definitely be the end all to their security measures, they had the Pope at the time bless each individual screw. That's 8,000 blessed screws in total, keeping whatever it is in the third floor hidden from the world. Allegedly, Pope John Paul II even re-blessed the anti-vampire screws during his 1987 visit. If you look up to the third floor today, you can see that the windows are still shuttered. However, when confronted with these questions about the blessed screws, the Vatican denies ever having approved such a thing. Oh, yeah. I mean, they play it off. Well, yeah. Can't help that the regular people know that vampires exist. And they've got them imprisoned. How are they feeding them? They're not. Well, that's mean. Well. I thought so, too. Let's just say they they can still get food. Well, at least they're being fed. I suppose anyone would deny their involvement in such a drastic measure when even eight thousand blessings from the pope doesn't keep the shutters from flying open on occasion in the middle of the night for no reason at all i would shit my pants if i walked by and it was just like i'd probably shit my pants yeah i wanted to hang out there uh one night when i was there and just see but i was like yeah i'm not sitting here all night no i'd you'd sooner be murdered than witnessing the open exactly I'm good. I like spooky shit, but not that much. Yeah, I'm not like trying to get stabbed. Yeah, I no. like Mm-mm. a crust punk that's on the that's in the gutter. Yeah, no, I'm good on the the gutter rats. I'm, Locals have reported seeing the shutters with the 800 blessed screws fly open with no problem. We have either some really shitty carpentry work here, or something more powerful than we could imagine is at play here. There haven't been reports of what comes from these windows. The locals don't stay long enough to see. But I would. Because I like spooky shit. You just said you wouldn't. 
No, I didn't say I'd run. I said, said I'd shit my pants. Ship, she would stay, shit her pants, and then watch it happen. I'm not sure if I the, could run, honestly. I'd just be like... The vampire's like, oh no, my dinner shit itself. She would be protected. That's true. Maybe. Maybe for a little bit. I don't want to sandwich someone shit on. Mm-mm. Nobody wants to suck on something that's got a shitty ass. You're right. Mm-hmm. But there is an urban legend of a few people that did. Back in the 70s, a small group of paranormal researchers made their way to New Orleans to look into the convent. Besides what you've read here, the stories continue with this place. Perhaps it was the Coffin Girl story that brought them here. There's also an interesting story about the walls surrounding the convent. Some time ago, the city replaced the walls after they were found to be leaning into the street. Tearing them down, they found countless bones surrounding the walls. After some testing, they found all the bones belonged to infants housed in the convent at a time when it was being used for an orphanage. That's fucking horrible. Baby bones? Now, this is all part of the urban legend, though. But still... That's horrible. Well, I mean, look, it, I'm sure it makes the walls stronger. No. Most assuredly, these infants fell victim to the plague at the time, though there was talk about the creatures still locked away on the third floor. They definitely needed to eat on occasion, else they turned to the city for sustenance. It definitely could have been one of the reasons the researchers came to the convent. They took the formal tour of the place, though none could even find where the steps leading to the third floor were. It's not like there was a Chili's back then. They couldn't go to Chili's and get their baby back ribs. They had to snatch up an orphan. Oh, no. You better shut up. The barbecue sauce was blood. No, sir. They asked the caretakers of the convent to see the third floor, even chat for a while about it. Though they were met with suspicious looks and unkind words. Needless to say, they were kicked out for asking the wrong questions. Yeah, they, like I said, they take that shit real serious. Yeah, but if there was any truth to it, like that's how the, I would expect they'd act. If it was bullshit, they'd be like, just fuck, all right. Or it's you, like 60 years of assholes just asking the same questions. They're like, no, there's no fucking vampires. Well, that comes with territory. You want to work there, be a tour guide there, it's going to come with, like, you're going to get asked that question. So that night, two of the four researchers left to search the quarter for a hotel while the other two stayed, technically camping out at the gates of the convent. Around 2 a.m., when the street activities died down and they were alone on the streets, they had gone hours without anything remotely interesting happening. Off guard, they engaged in quiet chat, not even noticing the shutters slowly opening right behind them. I assume that bit only because when their bodies were found the next morning, there didn't seem to be evidence of much of a struggle. What was evident, however, was their bodies were completely exsanguinated with ripped wounds all over their drained bodies. What thing could have possibly have the power to drain a person of their entire blood supply without eating them whole. The only thing ever reported to come from those windows is an unnatural mist 
that tends to grow and completely surround the estate. It was really foggy. It was a really foggy morning that day. Those two researchers were found as well, at least around the crime scene. You'd be surprised to know that those shutters were back in place before the police ever found the bodies. Mm. Spooky. Spooky, spooky. Well, all right, guys. That is the Ursuline Convent Casket Girls. Mm-hmm. Done and dusted. Uh, thank you so much for all the love during our vampire from around the world series for Vamptober. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have an interesting one for next week. I'm excited. Mm-hmm. Yes. Me too. And then we have something special for you on Halloween night that's not vampire related. Ooh, thank it's you. My goodness. True crime. I love true crime. But it is Halloween related. It's so halloween We have to do it. Uh, guys, thank you so much for listening. Please make sure you leave us a review. We will read those at the top of the episode. Christian, if you would like to drop the socials. I just want to thank you guys so much for continuing on with this this journey. It's not over yet. Um, I also want to thank you guys for the love on the Instagram posts and everything that you guys share. I mean, we see it. We love it. We love the comments and everything. The shade was there at the beginning. The love is here now. Uh, our intern and uh, also our executive producer appreciate you besides ourselves. Mm, um, yes. Make sure you guys are following the Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, everything. We love you. Make sure you guys are downloading the episodes. Um, make sure you guys are leaving us a review. We would like to give you a shout out at the top of the hour. That's always a really nice thing for us to do. Um, we appreciate the feedback. And if there is anything that you have any suggestions of that you want us to do, we do have some open dates for next year. I know. If you would like your stuff read, send us some ideas. If you have a spooky story or a topic that you want us to cover, I think we have about four dates left to fill. Um, so, yeah, let us know. Uh, guys, stay spooky. Stay creepy. Bye. <laughs>